Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to a 2021 edition of the Baby Bowl Podcast with myself, Wes Easley, at Loafin' on Twitter, and of course, the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself, Rob Norton at Norton0723. How are you doing this week, this year, Rob? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. I'm trying to be enthusiastic. Okay, I have NyQuil running through my veins. I'm a little bit sick. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I am so excited for Baby Bowl. It was one of my favorite contests last year, and I'm so thankful that you wanted to be a part again of the Fantasy Impact Today Network and have the Baby Bowl uh, put on here each and every week as we talk about it, talk about the week past, and talk about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't uh, miss it for the world, and I'm, I appreciate you uh, inviting me back on again this year. Uh, it's no problem. No problem at all. Hey, listen, you're, you're one of the guys. You're one of my guys. Uh, we go by, way back. I don't even know how we got introduced to one another, but uh, uh, however it was, I just felt a connection with you. I really enjoy your analysis. Uh, you may be a better DFS player. You may be a better fantasy player. So I feel like I owe it to you to say the least. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words and the feelings mutual. I mean, I appreciate everything you've done for me and how enthusiastic you've been about the baby bowl that uh, help help it grow. Well, I got nothing else to do, Rob. That's all. That's all <laughs> it is. I got nothing else to do. But yes, we are excited for the new baby bowl year, twenty twenty one. This is the third year for baby bowl. Am I correct? Um, second, actually, second. Or really, actually, it's the it's, it is the third if you count the um the playoffs of the previous year i kind of did it like a slow introduction but second full season okay yeah that's what it was you did a playoff edition and then you did the regular season last year and the playoffs and then this year we're going okay 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 so we'll go say the second year then that's cool because this a lot of people have gotten into year number two i don't know how many people we ended up having for baby bowl last year It, it it seemed to be 50 60 something am i right yeah, I think we finished with 62 entries last year. Yeah, and, and this year, I, I was trying to push it for you. I was trying to give you a headache, okay? I don't know <laughs> if you know this or not, uh, but after you after your, you told me that your wife made a comment last year uh, that if it went over 100, because you were going to have to put in another room or something on my fantasy league, and you said, your, your, your wife said, well, that's a good problem to have. We'll just, we'll just put another room in there. I was like, okay, I'm going to make his wife say it again. So I was trying to get us up over 100 this year. I don't know if we made it that far or not. Tell me how many people we have entered so far. I think we have 98 or 99. Oh. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that's uh, the everyone will uh, enter their lineups in time. I may need your wife to play this year to get us up over the hundred mark. She's, but that, she, she's in there. She's in there actually. She decided really? she wanted to be a part of it this year. Yeah. Oh, see, she's not... she's been wanting to get back into it. She played like a few years ago to kind of try to get into it, knowing how much I love fantasy football, and um, so. She uh, hasn't played for a little while now and mentioned she wanted to get back into it. And this is um, a perfect one for her to get back into. Uh, no, it is a perfect contest because it's not. I, I, how did I describe it the other day on Twitter? It's a DFS game, uh, not a regular season game. It's more like a DFS, but it's I th- I, 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 with a little extra juice to it because it's a little extra strategy because you got the elimination part of things where all the players get eliminated as you choose them throughout the year. So it narrows the playing field down. To me, it's a lot easier than any other contest that I played in as far as making my choices goes, you know? Right. And that's how, that's how I describe it to people. It's not very much weekly maintenance. So even if you have a, a you know, a good amount of teams, you know, it's, simple in terms of just setting a lineup but like you said there's a lot of strategy and so 
you know, I, I play a lot of board games myself. So um, the other people who play board games will probably tell you they like games that are easy to learn, tough to master. And that's how I kind of feel with this one. Oh, I like that. Hey, the only thing that scares me about your wife playing in the baby bowl <laughs> is that Pierre's wife always has to enter into the tournaments that Pierre and I do for the DFS Dreamer podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And what okay. she tells Pierre is that she has to beat Loaf in it. You know, I got to beat Loaf in it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, so now I feel like I've got, I've got, now I've got two wives. Going I was going to say, you, you got all the wives gunning for you. Well, you know, I'm just saying, no, that's, that's cool. Though. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. More participation, the better. Uh, because all this money, not all this money, but half of this money goes to charity, right? Yep. And we have a uh, new charity on board this year. Who's that? Tell, tell me about it. It's uh, Ashley's Embrace. And it's uh-huh. basically for, um, it's a good organization. What they do is they have uh cooling cots and cooling units for for um basically stillborn babies uh-huh. um so parents can experience their um wow. have more experience and more time with their their child yes yes that, I, listen I, I've, I've been through some of those things you know i do a lot of things with church and everything like that so mm-hmm. i've run across some situations where it's, it's just you know until you're in that room with somebody or until you talk with a family, you don't realize just every all the emotions that go through there. And uh, I, here's here's the old saying, okay, and it's, it's going to bring us down for a minute. We'll bring it back up in a second. A, a parent's not supposed to outlive a child, okay? It's just it's just not something that's supposed to be done because it, it goes against kind of nature itself, and parents don't know how to react to that because I, 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 I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, Rob, you'd have to go and pull me out of the house if something were to happen to one of my girls. Okay, you'd have to pull me out of the house because I'd just lock myself up in a room somewhere. All right, but uh, so I am. I, I appreciate what we do here on the Baby Bowl to minister to those people who have experienced some kind of loss like that. So not only is that uh, one of the charities, but also what's the other charity? Uh, we're doing March of Dimes again. as the other okay. one. All right, so that's good. Half of that goes there, right? And then the other half goes towards a prize pool. Yes, yes. Uh, and we've named that prize pool the West Pool this year because I feel like <laughs> I'm going to win it all at some point. Confidence, huh? Uh, well, a little bit of confidence. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Tips for the new players that have entered into this contest because we've just about doubled how many people ended up playing last year. Also, we have a giveaway that we need to announce. Who won the giveaway that we gave away a prize, a uh, entry into the Baby Bowl this season. So we gave one of those away. And also, we're going to talk about our lineups for this week for the Baby Bowl. And then we've got a new little twist, a new little addition. We're going to build a showdown captain game. Is that how you call it on DraftKings? We're going to build one of those for us for Thursday. Thursday night. Absolutely. Uh, did I say it right though? Showdown captain. I, yeah, showdown a showdown lineup a showdown for lineup. Uh, the third for the Thursday night game. All right, all right, sounds good. All right, so listen, some tips for new players because we got a lot of those new players, right? Here's I got one, and you could just kind of piggyback off me here a little bit. If I, I, for me personally, I am not going to try and outsmart the room this year. Okay. You know me. You know me. I'm I'm sitting there looking at Joe Flacco going, This is the week, baby. This is the week. And That's I'm gonna put 
<laughs> that's true, Joe Flacco. That's that's your guy. That's your guy. Well, it was. It was for one week. <laughs> I, I don't know if I picked them the right week, but it was for one week. <laughs> but that's something that I, 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 it's like a Bill Belichick thing where I want to go in the room and I want to pick the winners, and I'm trying to uh, not spend out, uh, not spend, but I, I'm not. I'm trying to leave some of the people in the room for me to choose from as far as players go, and so I'm trying to outsmart the room is what I'm doing. I'm trying to be the smartest player in the baby bowl. And that just never works out very well. Yeah, it's it's really tough and it's tempting. It's so tempting, like you said, because there's so many so many good competitors in here, so many smart people. And now that we have even more people, you you really want to differentiate. But at the same time, you don't want to, you know, outsmart yourself and think you're outsmarting the room when and really you're you're picking a bad pick. So my one of my strategies is I'm going to take the rankings Okay, I'm just going to take my rankings, my rankings, your rankings, uh, fantasy pro. It doesn't matter. I'm going to take rankings plus the matchups. And then I I think that that's going to equal points. I I know that doesn't sound like rocket science (laughs) right there or anything. But once again, to remind myself to not outsmart the room, I am going to just pick the best players that week. And I am not going to care about what's going to happen in week 16 or 17. I'm not going to mix it up. I'm not going to pick good players with a little mix of a bad player or two or a little bit of outsmarting the room player or two. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play the good players, and I'm going to play them because you know what I've learned last year from Baby Bowl? What's that? The, 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 the best player in the league, like a CMC, may not be there next week because he may get hurt, and I never have a chance to use him. So I'm going to play the best player in the best matchup, and I'm going to get the most points out of that player for that week. You know, I like that. I like that strategy, Wes. Um, it's the same. That's how, that's what I've kind of been preaching as well, especially looking at it last year. Like you said, Christian McCaffrey only played, what, three games. So if you didn't use him for one of those three games, I mean, you just didn't get to use him the whole year. So you might as well use the best players when you can. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of nuance to it. But like you said, you just look at look at the best players and play your best lineup each week because things change so fast in the NFL that you never know who's going to be. There's going to be so many running backs that we aren't even really thinking of that are going to have value come midpoint of the season. So use those, uh, use those guys while you have them. Yes. Don't, don't save any timeouts. Right. Isn't that what it, you know, so uh, yep. the coaches save timeouts and then at the end of the game, they never use them. And or at the end of the half, they never use. Them. Don't save the timeouts. Just go ahead and, and put the best players in there. Get rid of them all. Try to try to get. And that's why I mean, I'm going to take my rankings and I'm going to take the matchups and that's going to equal my points because we do have it week to week is what we can win week to week. But also we can win season long if we're towards the top of the ranks uh, on the season long end of things as well. So you got to get those CMC points while you can. That's all. That's 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 my biggest walking away from last year. And, and this is another one, Rob, that I thought of. I'm not buying into the injury replacements this year if I can avoid it because it's so tempting. All of it circles back around to not outsmarting the room. Uh, it's a, it all circles back the Devin Booker's. Okay, I'm not going to put the Devin Booker's in there of the world this year. I'm de- I'm I'm going to try my best to not do that. It doesn't seem like they pay off all that often, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a real tough one um, because, like you said, it they didn't pay off very well last year. I know the last year, one of the weeks was that Alexander Madison week where oh, yeah. everybody everybody played him and he he was a bust. Um, so it's tough though because you it's it goes along the, the lines of I mean there's going to be now there's going to be 17 weeks 
this this year. So there's 17 weeks, which means at least you're playing 34 running backs, and that's that's where it gets tricky. Is how are, where are you going to find those those running backs? You're going to have to you're going to have to get a couple fill-ins along the way, since considering there's only you know 32 teams. So hmm. it's it's going to be going to be tricky, but like like we've said before when those guys guys are going to get hurt other guys are going to you know step up be waiver wire type guys like James Robinson was last year so there there'll be guys so you don't have to have to use those guys in those spots and what we got to uh, put in a quarterback two running backs or three wide receivers and a tight end is that how we do it yep quarterback two running backs it's actually two receivers a oh, tight end and then there, but there's a flex so you, a lot of times, most weeks, people play three wide receivers, so you're you're pretty spot on on that. I think I played three receivers probably 13 of the 16 weeks last year, or something like that. Yeah, that that's where you can. That's where your depth is. That's where your depth is is wide Definitely. receiver. So you can stick three of those guys in there. Uh, I may put. I may, I may play two tight ends this week, though, Rob. I don't don't tell anybody. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not on a podcast. What can you do? Not tell anybody. All right. So uh, that's anyway. That's some of my strategies going into this year. Some of the lessons learned I I learned from last year, and that's what I'm going to try to uh, put into action this season in 2021 baby bowl. What about you? Is there anything I left off or did I run a pretty good list right then? I think it was a pretty good list. I mean, my, my main thing was like you said, to play the players when you have them, um, things change so fast week to week. And by the end of the year, there's so many different players that we never even thought of in the beginning of the year. Use those, use those studs while you have them because before like last year they get hurt, you can't use them. So use them up. Yep, definitely. Definitely use them up. Okay, so uh, we had a giveaway. Uh, we we were able to give away one entry into the Baby Bowl this year. Hopefully we can do more of that next year. I think that that'd be really fun to do. Uh, who, I don't know how we ended up coming to a conclusion. We got a couple of tweets that were out there and people had to like us, reply us, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, there was, we got, we got over 100, I think, entries at some point uh, for this, if I'm not mistaken. And and you had to run the ten yard dash for all those guys. Yeah, I ran I ran that dash online, and I basically just looked at looked at uh, the different all the people that liked and retweeted it, and I gave everyone you know an entry per like per retweet. Wow! And then just then just ran ran heats, and whoever won, I first place, I'd move on to the the final there was three people in the final race and who are those the, three um you remember man i can't i can't remember the three i, have I don't the, blame you i, I don't blame you because i know there was about 100 <laughs> on the retweets and everything <laughs> if you went there I, I was an unfair question if you had that many names running around through your head that was an unfair question <laughs> <laughs> i had i the funny part is i had them written down but i had them written down at a at, at work somewhere on a on a scrap piece of paper so um I know the the overall winner though was Jarrell Bawayan. I probably butchered that name, but yeah, Jarrell. Yeah, at Jarrell FF Dynasty One on on Twitter. So he's uh, gonna get a free entry this year. Yeah, I, you know, courtesy I, of you. Well, yeah, well, we yeah. So I 
we don't. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so Jarrell, I'm glad that Jarrell won. He's always been somebody who's been very supportive of the Fantasy Impact Today Network and all the shows that are on there. I didn't know Jarrell was even entered into the contest. So that is pretty cool to hear that Jarrell was the guy who won. That's awesome. That's cool. I'm glad we can give one away. Now, listen, Jarrell, uh, if you listen to my advice on the Baby Bowl and you also won that entry, uh, I, I do get a little bit of the prize earnings if you end up winning. Right? Isn't that right, Rob? And that wasn't the I that, think so. Stick- I think that was that was in the, the fine print. The bylaws. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. All right. So now we are going to talk about some of these games going into this weekend and some people that we may be targeting. Maybe we'll give a little handful there at the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver position, so forth. And I also know that you write articles and you make some DFS lineups uh, yourself personally, right? Yeah. Yeah. I usually put out one DFS article a week, one one streamer article a week, and uh, those are, those are the regular ones. And then you know, just pretty active on Twitter, answering questions about things like that. Yeah, and Friday and Saturday, Friday or Saturday is when you usually drop those articles, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put out the streamer article a little earlier in the week this year, and then the that way the gives a day or two in between, and put the DFS article out uh, Friday or Saturday, and give people a couple days to do that. Is that still last word on sports? Is that where we're, we're still going? Yep, yep, still with Last Word on Sports. All right, sounds good. I look forward to that. And uh, so this week, who are you targeting or streaming possibly at the quarterback position, Rob Norton? And I will tell you if I agree with you or not. Okay, are we looking for baby bowl or are we looking for... Oh, this is the baby bowl. We're talking baby bowl oh, right yeah. now. We're going to oh, get yeah. to our other game that, a little bit later. Okay, so there's, there's you know, it's nice having the entire player pool available as uh, we haven't had that for a while now, but um, yeah, I mean, one guy that I'm, I'm really looking at is Kyler Murray. Uh Um, I I've been big on Kyler since he's come into the league. I just love his, his entire set of skills from, from running, uh, passing the weapons that he has, the systems he's in. They're extremely fast paced. I think they were top two or three fast uh, offensive pace in neutral situation last year. Um, then they're also playing against the Titans, who last year they were they were one of the top four in pace as well, and their defense was pretty rough as well. So that one could be a real high-scoring game. Um, the the tough thing about year over year, you never know. You know, you, yeah. the only thing you can do is look at the last year's. Um, rates and and things like that but um you never know if the defenses on each team will be better or worse but from what we can go off of it looks like that game should be pretty fast play pace and pretty high scoring so i think kyler kyler is a really great option i i'll tell you who i like a lot and I know defenses can change or they can stay the same, but I don't think Dallas Cowboys has, have improved very much. And I just look for Tom Brady to come out there firing tomorrow night. I, I really do. I look for him to come out there firing without any problems or any worries. Those guys are going to be fresh. Uh, the defense is going to gobble up Dallas left and right tomorrow night, in my opinion. Going to put some pressure on Dak, going to make him a little bit nervous back there in the back. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Tom Brady to throw that ball around and to be able to target who knows how many people in the end zone. So I, I, I'm really looking to play a little bit, a little bit of Tom Brady this week. Yeah. I think that's a great call as well. I think that's, that's the other game that's 
ex- should be extremely fast paced. Uh, those two teams were also like top four or five in pace as well. And like you said, D- Dallas's defense was horrible last year, and I don't think they can be. I mean, they're probably going to be better just by the simple fact they were so bad last year. But uh, I mean, it's going to take a lot to get them up to even competent. Yeah, Matt Ryan also. I think that that uh, I just got done with the DFS Dreamer podcast with Pierre, and we talked about how that one is a sneaky game to go in the over direction. And Matt Ryan, he, he's he's always that guy, man, who's going to be able to get you those points week in and week out. He might be one of those guys, though, that I, I want to say for a juicier matchup. But I don't know if anybody's going to get juicier than the Philadelphia Eagles. That that defense was just atrocious. Yeah, that's a, that's another one. That's the, another one of my favorite games. Um, I was going to mention Jalen Hurts on the other side. So I like both sides of that game. And that game, um, I believe, is in Atlanta. If yes. I'm, okay. Yeah, in Atlanta. So it's going to be in a dome, um, which helps helps pace numbers. And so, yeah, Matt Ryan and Jalen Hurts both I, I like as uh, one of, some of the top options this week for Baby Bowl. One of the fan favorites is, of course, going to be uh, from Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, because everybody, you know, you can play him all the time. But this year, he's uh, this this year for game game number one, he's going against the Cleveland Browns, and I'm not sure that I want to play him in that lineup, particularly this week, because I think that he'll have some kind of better matchup down the road. Am I thinking right on that, Rob? I think so. It's it's funny that we say this because you know both of us we're talking in the beginning about just play the best player, play the best players. And, you know, Mahomes is always in that conversation with best players. But when you look at that matchup, I think the Browns are going to try to run the ball as much as they can. They know that the, the chiefs, um, that's how they can be beat is by running the ball. The Browns have one of the best offensive lines in, in the NFL. The Browns have one of the best running games and running backs tandems in the NFL. I think what they're going to try to do is, you know, every time they get the ball, they're going to try to pound pound it with the run, keep it out of Mahomes' hands, and then really get after him on the other side with that defense. So, I I think I'd be avoiding Mahomes as well. I mean, it's Mahomes, so he can do anything any week. So, but mm-hmm. I I don't think this was a great week to play him for Baby Bowl. Yeah, and that's a it's a high point total for the game and everything too. But I I. I and I know what we said, but I did say I was going rankings plus matchups. So whenever I look at this matchup, I don't give this like a a high number of a matchup, right? I, I like the I like the uh, Tampa Bay game a little bit better as far as a matchup goes. And I don't really like Jimmy Garoppolo, even though the San Francisco 49ers, I think are are scheduled to make like thirty points a game this this week or something like that against the Detroit Lions. But I don't know that Jimmy G is going to have to do that much this week. So I'm I'm going to stay away from him as well. Yeah, I think I think you're uh, right on on that. I think the 49ers can kind of coast in this one. They can really go to the running game a lot with, you know, Mostert and Trey Sermon, and they can lean on that running game a lot against the Lions. Yeah, and that's that's where we go over to the running back room. Uh, that's why I think Mostert is a good play this week in that uh, running back room that we have to select from very carefully. Very care. That was the trickiest one for me was the running backs, Rob. Yeah, it's it it is so tough because some of the top guys don't have amazing matchups or anything and but but like you said Mostert, he's he's a sneaky one because he you know has had his fair share of injury issues over the years and he's the type of guy that 
you know, when he's going well, he can he can put up monster games. And when he's in a great matchup, he can put up monster games. So he might be one that's uh that you should use early early on before he either loses some workload or gets hurt. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly <laughs> right. That's why I had his name circled because I was thinking too. Okay, he's healthy. He's healthy. <laughs> we got got to use most of while he's healthy. All right. Uh, I, I I don't know where the other uh, running backs are, and I'm not talking about just like tough to pick this week. I'm talking about in the baby bowl. That seemed to be where the most strategy, and and it may have been a lot of luck of having to pick running backs throughout the year. Uh, you just you burned them so fast or they got hurt or or something. And and it just it was always running backs was the most frustrating uh, situation for me uh, all the time each week. Oh, I agree for sure. Like we mentioned before, there's going to be 34 used and there's probably about 10 to 15 you, you really feel comfortable with. And of course, there's going to be, like we mentioned before, a few pop up here and there due to injuries or just waiver wire type guys but even still 34 you have to use on the year i mean that's it's the running back is the trickiest part of us well 30 and then you don't really have a running back in the buffalo bills backfield you know so you can't you can't yeah. one from, do you really have one in uh you know any of the other backfields either where it's crowded back there in the back room uh like that i i, I don't know like denver or something like that when are you going to end up using williams this year so it's it's really tough you got to be a little bit patient you got to be a little bit tricky you got to be think of the things i do like mike davis this week though as a running back uh, against those philadelphia eagles as well i might be stacking me some atlanta falcons this week rob I can't blame you. That's a great game environment. Both both teams have above average offenses. Both teams have below average defenses and we're in the dome. And I mean, that that game should end up being a sneaky shootout, I think. So I like playing a lot of players from that game as well. CMC, he's a go. Yep, always. I mean, right. <laughs> the funny thing about him is the Jets. I was I was actually seeing something earlier about how the Jets um, again, last year's stats, but the Jets were one of the worst in the league in in terms of allowing uh, pass catching work to running backs. So, and we know how good McCaffrey is in the pass game, so he should be, you know, good to go this week and every other week that that he's uh, healthy. I would agree with you there. Do we know what's going to happen in the Houston Texan backfield? Because I, I, I would want to play a Texan running back against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't know that I can actually trust anybody to be able to be back there. Oh, yeah, that one that one is might be the most brutal backfield in, in the NFL right now. And, yeah, I can't trust anyone. I... I I wouldn't advise it in baby bowl. What I'm going to do with with that backfield is wait and see if see if somewhat something shakes out where yeah. one of the guys starts getting more work than the other. Okay, all right, I can see, I, I can understand that. When we look for wide receivers, aren't we always looking for some kind of shootout to be able to uh, rack up those wide receiver points? Oh, definitely. You always want that high uh, high over under. Do we think that that may be in Cincinnati this week with Minnesota and Cincinnati? Or how do you think that game script may go? I like that game as well. That game um, is two pretty poor defenses, too. And, you know, the the Vikings have two competent receivers. The Bengals got three. So, you know, you can take your pick and it should be should be good all around. Yeah, I, I can agree. I, I I like that one. I also, whenever I look in, in uh, the, the direction 
of the boy, the the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chief game. I see that fifty four or fifty, you know, almost fifty five point spread, and I go, I got to get a piece of that game somehow, some way. And, and I'm going, maybe Tyreek Hill is my play there. But I just your your Cleveland Brown defense kind of scares me this year. Yeah, the Browns' defense is much improved. They made some um, signings in the secondary that helped. They added Jadavian Clowney to get more more pressure on the passers. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that that Browns' defense is could be a scary unit this year. What about in New Orleans, Rob? Is there anybody that we could trust Winston to throw the ball to outside of Kamara, of course? Is there anybody that to you stood out in the preseason of somebody that's going to be that wide receiver until Michael Thomas gets back? So it seems like Marquez Callaway is going to be that guy. He's He's been the one getting all the buzz in the preseason. He's been the one putting up, putting up all the numbers. And, you know, people have fallen in love with him. I'm a little bit more questionable on him than than others but i mean it's it's so dire of a situation there somebody's got to catch the passes there so callaway looks like the guy for now until until michael thomas comes back okay all right all right you are listening to the baby bowl 2021 edition here on the fantasy impact today network i am wes easley your host at loafing it on twitter and of course my expert for the baby bowl is the daddy himself, Rob Norton at Norton zero seven two three on Twitter. Make sure you're following him so you can read all of his articles that come out later on this week. All right, Rob tight end. All right. That's our last position that we get to choose from. You still didn't put a defense in there. So I, I'm upset with you at that, <laughs> but uh, at the tight end position, uh, you know, I, I, I know we have to play one. I'm not worried about playing Kelsey. Because once again, I think he can find, we can find a better matchup somewhere down the road. Is there a tight end that just to you jumps off the page that you're going to play now because you may not have a chance to play him later, but he's a he's a good player as far as ranking goes. He's a good player as far as matchup goes, so you know he's going to give you points. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I think one guy that I've been kind of leaning towards was Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, game, the game isn't a fast paced one by any means or a high over under necessarily. Uh, but it, but they are really banged up at pass catchers right now. Yeah. So, and the Raiders aren't any, a great defense they're not a terrible defense. They were, they were pretty rough against running backs last year. So, um, that they, they could, uh, run the Ravens may just run it all over them, but I think somebody has got to catch some passes there. And with, with how banged up the pass catching core is, I think uh, Lamar's going to lean on Andrews a lot this week. You know who falls into that category for me? It is George Kittle. Yeah. I, I I know I know you know he can he's matchup proof, right? He's not dependent upon anything. But also, I could see him possibly getting two touchdowns this week. It is a return week for him back into the lineup after being hurt. So I think that they're going to want to reward that some way, some degree, and start the uh, season off on the right foot with George Kittle. So I think that he's going to find the end zone at least once, at least once. I like that call. I like, I like that call. I like Kittle a lot. And like you said, that's a, that's a uh, nice matchup against Detroit. It's a good game environment. They're inside in the dome too. And Kittle is the main pass catcher for, the 49ers. So uh, yeah, Kittle, Kittle's a real nice play this week. 
Yeah, we too bad Tim Tebow's not on the list for us anymore, uh, Rob. <laughs> that would have been me outsmarting the room. That would have been my Joe Flacco pick of the week right there. Is what that would have been uh, for sure. For sure, Urban <laughs> Meyer let us down on that one. <laughs> uh, is there a tight end in Dallas at all that we need to worry about? Ah, that's tough. I mean, I would lean Blake Jarwin between the two, but that's that's another situation where it's too questionable for me to really go after this week in baby ball. Okay. Rob, do you see anybody else on that uh, tight end slate that might be somebody who we would want to target this week for the baby ball? So another guy that kind of jumps out to me a little bit is Kyle Pitts. And it's funny because I've spent this whole off season talking him down. (laughs) And (laughs) so anyone who, listens to this and and uh, also reads my stuff is probably going to call me out a little bit on that but it's just that it's such a nice matchup as we've mentioned before that that game environment looks so good and you know he could be the the number two pass catcher in a game that mm-hmm. it might be high scoring shootout with Matt Ryan throwing the ball around a lot and Philadelphia's always been you know fairly good against the running backs, especially on the ground. Now we talked about Mike Davis being, being a decent option and he, he, but he also catches a lot of passes. So that, that's what helps him out there too. So, um, but Kyle Pitts, he could end up being, being a nice, a nice play this week. Yeah. And I I don't, there's, there's some, like I would love the Philadelphia matchup there, but I'm just not sure who's going to end up. And it may be both. It may be, you may not be wrong in playing either Goddard or Ertz there. Uh, So I, I, but I wish I knew which one was there to catch the footballs and which one wasn't, you know, so (laughs) I may end up staying away from that tight end though. It doesn't impress me this year. It's going to have to be kind of, it's going to be kind of weird picking tight ends this year. That's all I, 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 when I look at it, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to pick a tight end. Oh, I'm going to have to pick a tight end. I'm, <laughs> yep, sure, I'm sure some will emerge. Yep, for sure. And I, I'm, I'm with you on the, the Goddard and Ertz thing. I was pretty big on Goddard a couple months ago, but I, that was because I was expecting Ertz to get dealt or leave in the off season. So now that he's still there, that kind of puts a damper on both of them. And like you said, it, it would be a good environment if it was just one of them. But the fact that it's both of them and it's kind of a toss up, it makes it tough to play either of them. I agree. All right. Well, good luck to everybody filling out lineups for the Baby Bowl. And hopefully we can have you on the podcast if you happen to win this week. We think we're going to still continue that tradition, Rob, where we're going to extend the invitation to the person who wins the Baby Bowl that week to be able to be on the podcast with both of us. Uh, We have jump-started at least one career that way, didn't we? That's true. that, That was Ben, right? Uh, I ain't talking to Ben. I ain't talking to Ben. He won last year. I don't want to talk to Ben. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he won more than once, and then he won the whole thing. Ben, yeah. come on, Ben. Let's go, Ben. I know, and he's 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 back again. He's defending defending the crown. Yeah, he walked in there too like a champ. Yeah, I mean, whenever he sent the little gift or the gift to to the baby bowl room, he was you know like I'm here. I'm the champ. I got the belt. Who's gonna got beat the me? belt? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm. I'm. You know, I, did McCarthy end up getting in this year? Yep, he's in too. He's in Is too because he? he was right up there at the top of the ranks, and Cho Cho was in there too, wasn't he? Yep. All the I think. Pretty much all the top dogs from from last year that were near the top of the standings have come back for year two. 
Yeah, and I think Joe's even started a lot of his own, uh, creating some content and everything as well. Uh, and and so it depends on on who wins and whether or not we or we'll we'll extend the offer to the winner for sure. And hopefully, I think I think everybody came on last year, whoever won a week. So that was always cool. And Dave Latham and all those people. I I know I'm leaving off somebody along the way, but we really do appreciate all the contestants to the Baby Bowl and being able to extend that offer to people. That was really exciting. I loved getting to meet to know everybody and to make some new friends on Twitter and through the Baby Bowl, Rob. Yeah, I I agree. It was definitely really cool to talk to so many different people who really enjoyed this this uh, Baby Bowl and, you know, hear all their different strategies on, you know, yeah. players and why they chose who they chose and everything else. It was It was really fun. Yeah, there was that one guy last year who said, I just did opposite of everything Wes said, and everything worked out just fine for us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's what well, our new little twist this year, though, is, uh, hopefully uh, always time time will always permit this, is we're going to build a, a lineup, at least one. I don't know if we want to do a 50-50 lineup, Rob, if we want to do a tournament lineup. I built both. I built both, my man, on the showdown okay. catch for tomorrow night's game, the Thursday night game uh, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I, I'm going to ask you to help me build a winning lineup for whatever one you want to. I don't know if you feel more comfortable with one. Uh, how do you go about choosing whether or not you're going to enter into a GPP or whether you're going to end up running into a 50-50? How do you choose that? So for me, when it comes to DFS, stuff like that, choose lineup select or contest selection is is huge. Now, when I'm going for a 50-50, I'm trying to just raise my floor, play the safest median type projection players there is. So, um, and and in 50-50 style lineups, I really don't care about the projected uh, ownership of of players or anything like that. Uh-huh. So, GPPs is a bit different because you you know you don't want to play. You, I mean, you still want to play great players, obviously, but you don't want to play the players that are going to be played by everyone else. You, you need to get different if you're playing in a in a high dollar GPP uh, type type of contest because you might have a great lineup, but that lineup could be duplicated a thousand times. So even if you win, which is rare rare to occur as is, now when you win, you're splitting it with a thousand other people. So. You want to really get different, get a little bit risky, and see what you can do on that. Boy, you talk about high dollar games, and I'm sitting here scrolling through the diamond quarter matchups, Rob. I, I, <laughs> I, that's just how I am, man. You know that. Um, yeah, well, even even those though, even those, you, you know, you put your diamond quarter in, and you fill out those those GPP lineups, and you're you know hundred x and thousand x in your your uh, your entry. So even even if it's not as high dollar the the ratio is still there okay so it's it's not really dependent upon the game it's just kind of dependent on uh the way you feel about uh, the contest or how, how you're entering the room so uh, are you gonna we want to enter a tournament this time i think we want to enter a tournament don't we yeah we can do that we can go for a tournament all right get let's a, go get a little tournament. we get a little crazy a little risky all right, risque. I like it. <laughs> All right, so I'm creating one lineup. Let's let's go ahead. Oh, I entered a lineup. I didn't create a lineup. 
I obviously have a couple of lineups already in here. All right, so who are you going to throw into that captain mode? Are you one of those guys? Uh, Pierre just slapped my hand around because he's he said, if you're playing a captain game, don't sit there and put in a cheap player in the captain spot, whatever you do, because those guys, they get you all the points. That's a terrible Pierre impression. But that's that's what he was. He was he was adamant about not putting in a real cheap guy. Does Rob Norton agree with that, or does he like to go cheap in the captain spot? So... The, it, this one depends on again on on contest selection. If he, if it's a fifty fifty, I will almost always play the one of the quarterbacks in the captain spot right. just to be safe. Right. And usually of the team with the higher higher uh, implied total or the like if it's a clear better matchup for one of one of them. But in this in this tournament, I might get a little crazy and put. Ronald Jones in the captain spot. Okay. Um, I'm not a big Ronald Jones. I'm not a huge Ronald Jones fan. It's just that, like we were talking about before with that game, Dallas is so bad. Their defense is so bad. Yeah. And I I mean, I think if if they get ahead, if the if Tampa Bay gets ahead and they get ahead early, they could be leaning on the run game often. And I think Ronald Jones has been the guy that over the year or the past year that he's been the guy that's kind of been more of the once they get a lead kind of guy, whereas Fournette was kind of the more pass catching guy last year. Um, Jones was the one that seemed to have break off the bigger plays, have the the bigger single games, and most of them all came in in wins if if you look back at it. So I don't think the other thing that I like about it is I don't think a lot of people would play him there. So you're going to be a little bit different. And considering that they do have Fournette still there and they signed Geo. Now, obviously, this is like a it's not like Ronald Jones is a sure thing to hit, but he's in a in a good game environment and sure. he is in a situation where if they get the lead, he could see 15 to 20 touches and have 150 yards and two touchdowns. If things go correctly, you could talk yourself into that. So I like what that does to open up the rest of it. Um, again, it's, it's risky, but if I'm trying to win a big tournament, I'm not, I'm not going to play the safest plays. I don't, I don't think it's risky at all. And I'll tell you why I think Ronald Jones can get us a touchdown regardless of the game script. I think he can get a touchdown regardless of the game script. Uh, And if it is, if the game script does go like we think it might, he he will be the closer. Because I I sit there and I look up and down the running back roster. I don't think it's going to be Leonard Fournette because they do like to get Ronald Jones in a groove. You know, that's, that's, they do like that. Leonard Fournette, he, he's kind of like the punishment to Ronald Jones if he doesn't do well. You know what? That's, that's what Leonard Fournette is. We're going to put Leonard Fournette in there. We're going to put Lenny in there. And Ronald, if you mess up, that's what it seems like they end up doing with it in that situation. And I don't think Gio is going to get that work heavy load because he is that veteran and they're going to need him in other games to be able to do a lot of pass catching and so forth out of the backfield. And that's not going to be this game. I, I've even toyed around with it of putting a Keyshawn Vaughn in the captain's spot. And then I, then, and, and, and I was like, boy, that really opens up everything. And then I got money left over <laughs> at the end. I, so I don't want to do that because I think that that's going a little bit too risky. So I'm with you. I'll, I'll be happy to put Ronald Jones in there. And that does open up a lot of other possibilities where you talked about putting a quarterback in there. So we're, we're slapping Tom Brady in there for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, 
Yeah, we we got to put Tom Brady in 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 there. I mean, he's just it's just too good. Oh, in the flex spot. I mean, we're putting him in the flex spot. Ronald Jones in the captain spot. Tom Brady in the flex uh, in a flex spot, and that leaves us with seventy eight twenty five. Do you want to leave Tom Brady out and see where we're standing after that, or or should we just we're gonna we got to put Tom Brady in there? Yeah, well, we could try filling it without Tom Brady and see okay. um, if we just look at the narrative of what we're what we're trying to build. Basically, look what I try to do is when I'm when I'm building out these kind of lineups, I want to build. I want to you know, kind of like what I, what I've learned from some people is to basically kind of tell yourself a story on how the game script is going to go. Oh, so this. if you're if we're putting Ronald Jones in the captain spot, our oh. our narrative and our story is that. Ronald Jones goes probably for 150 and two touchdowns. Okay, is is what we're probably going to need for him in a captain spot to to make that worth it. So if that happens, it's likely that Tom Brady doesn't hit his best ceiling. Oh, so then, but but the way he also the way we also would get to there is. Ronald Jones goes for 150 and two touchdowns, and then on the other side, even though Dak doesn't have the best matchup. Dak is probably throwing enough to try to keep up since they're down. Okay. So I'd probably go with Dak. Right. Um, I'd probably throw CD Lamb in there. Um, prob- probably Amari Cooper. And then we still. You got seventy-seven fifty left per player of fifteen hundred and five of a fifteen thousand five hundred salary. Yeah, so we we have um, pretty decent amount here. Yeah, see now, see if I'm going to go with this, that gives me a lot of opportunities for the Buccaneers defense to be able to score myself. I, I think that that's something that I like. I don't mind playing the Buccaneers defense in this. I, I know that's ten to twelve points. And if if it was a 50-50, I definitely want to put them in there because I do think that they're going to play well this game. I think there's a lot of opportunities there for them to be able to get turnovers with Dak Prescott's injury uh, that's coming into this game. So I, I don't mind putting the DST of the Buccaneers in there. Maybe not in the GPP game, but definitely in a 50-50 if we were playing that. Oh, I agree for sure. And and in this, I'm not I'm not opposed to it because it does it does correlate well with you know the narrative of Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. being the guy and then you know a lot of times running back and defense production is is generally positively correlated so um i'm not opposed to that i don't know if it would hit a ceiling but i i wouldn't hate that I, I'll, I'll say that okay um i think what i might do is actually put mike evans and michael gallup you know, it'd kind of be looking something like Ronald Jones and the captain, and then we'd have Dak with all three pass catchers mm-hmm. and Mike Evans, knowing that, you know, the narrative, like I said, the story that I'm I'm basically telling in this one is Ronald Jones goes for 150 and two touchdowns on the ground, and then Mike Evans maybe goes for 100 and a touchdown in the air and or or 102 touchdowns in the air. And, you know, Tom Brady kind of, he still does fine. He goes maybe like 250 and two touchdowns, but it's not enough to really be huge. It's just a good game. And then on the other side, Dak is just throwing it all day with 
to those three guys and Zeke's gets gets stuffed. Okay. So that's that's kind of how I would I would I would go about it. Um, if I, I was am, filling one out that way. I am submitting that lineup. The uh, then the fun thing about the GPP lineup building, um, I used to be really against it when I first started playing DFS uh, a while back. It was generally almost always, almost always I was playing fifty fifties double ups type of thing because that's where the logic is. I mean, when you're playing when you're playing players, you're it's it, I, I'm a very analytic and logic based person so when i'm looking at it i think to myself oh this this guy can't do well this guy can't do well why why would i want to play him i feel like i'm throwing away money but the, but the realistic thing is uh, last year was when i really started getting more into gpps and i had been listening to a lot of top end players and, and their strategies and things like that learning from them and the thing is, is that i've kind of sunk into my brain is we don't know we don't know what's going to happen. As much as you might think you know, as much as how as confident as you are on a player, you don't know what's going to happen. You can give your best guess, but we don't really know. And so, ultimately, when it when it comes down to it, it's about roster construction and lineup lineup construction. And that's why when I was talking about the telling yourself a story, if if this player does well. How how does it affect this player? And if it's if it affects this player negatively, you don't want them in the same lineup. If it affects it positively, you want to try to get them in the same lineups together. Things like that, the the yeah. correlation, okay. and so that started started to become a lot more fun for me because you can how you were talking about you can build so many different lineups and it's just it's just fun to see how they turn out. Yeah, uh, don't don't build too many of them for over yeah. a dollar. Okay, don't, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'll start burning through range. that money. <laughs> hey Rob, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to talking about uh, what happened here week one with you next week, and I uh, we, we will do that before the baby bowl kicks off next week in week two. So appreciate all your advice and all your tips. Thank you so much for helping me build my baby bowl and my uh, DraftKings lineup. Thanks for having me on, Wes, as usual, and we'll uh, we'll talk next week. All right. You can follow me on Twitter, Wes Easley, at Lofinit. Uh, don't forget to follow Rob Norton as well, at Norton0723. Follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you subscribe to the Fantasy Impact Today Network, where you can find this show, The Baby Bowl, also DFS Dreamers, and don't forget about the Fantasy Magnets. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Slap those stars around a little bit. And more importantly than all those other things, we want to encourage you to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 